Hello, listeners, and welcome to the AC Podcast. You are tuning in to part two of Finding Freedom from New Age Spirituality. Today's host is Andy Steiger, and he's sitting down with Jennifer as she continues to share her story of how she found freedom from New Age Spirituality. Hello, listeners. This is Steve, Alberta Director for Apologetics Canada. Have you been wondering what Apologetics Canada has been up to and where we're headed in the future? Then join us for our online launch event. Together, we will look back and look ahead and share what God is doing through the Ministry of Apologetics Canada. You will hear from the President of Apologetics Canada, Andy Steiger, and from the staff about our exciting growth as well as the strategic opportunities we're receiving as an organization. Go to apologeticscanada.com and click the launch image to register. Look back. Give thanks. Look ahead. Join us at launch. Hope to see you there. One of the things I love about your journey is uh, you love reading the New Testament. You love reading about Jesus. You want to know Jesus more and more. Uh, And and one of the things that you said to me that I, I thought was so interesting as you said, Andy, I, I, I'm just, I'm just focusing on Jesus, and I can't even entertain certain aspects of Christianity, such as spiritual gifts or those sorts of things. You have kind of put that and, and said, "Hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not even ready to go there because the spiritual component of what you experienced was so raw and so deep." And, and voices like yourself, Jennifer, is always so important for me to hear. Where people, you know, just as a reminder, saying, Andy, the demonic world is alive and well, even right here in your own town. Tell people just a little bit about the the kind of spiritual or demonic oppression that you experienced. So, yeah, there's this thing in the hyper-charismatic movement um, where you basically get a special anointing, and it is exactly what I witnessed in the new age and I had done to me and I saw it done to other people where you get this, you know, bonk on the forehead, something happens to you. You get this increased level of consciousness. I I remember seeing people look at plants and say, Oh, it's breathing. I can see it breathing or, you know, even quoting the Bible. (laughs) Um, and so this ex- this is called a kundalini awakening and it, it's very demonic it's actually considered the serpent energy um that gets activated with a special anointing and it's you can watch youtube videos of the same thing happening in these churches and i um I, I want to stay away from that because I already know mine is awake. You know, I looked up uh, one of the dark symptoms of a Kundalini awakening. And it says uh, your nervous system becomes hypersensitive to external stressors, bright lights, TV violence, loud noises, and shuts down or craves total solitude. And that's, this is what the last year has been like for me. I can't go to Walmart without earplugs and a hat and glasses because I get so overwhelmed with the light and the noise and the, 
you know, I had spent, I had spent the last 20 years of my life. I'm 44 now, 43 when I was saved. I went, I joined this intense group when I was 22. So 21 years of my life, I spent opening doors, opening spiritual doors. I'm trained as a acupressure practitioner. So I did energy healing for 10 years. Um, So all these spiritual doors in my life are open. You told me when you came to Christ that I, I'm forgetting the time frame, but you said that you felt a spirit in your room for quite a while. Yeah, it was about two weeks. Um, so, yeah, basically what happened was I, I called pastor, a female pastor um, at my husband's church because I knew it was a Bible believing church. And I, and I basically said to her, like, I, I, I'm scared. Um, this is what I'm doing. It like help me. <laughs> and so Can I press pause real quick here on this? Because I find this so funny when you told me this that you call this pastor for help and you're gonna get into this, but you were so shocked that she didn't want money. That Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's somebody that would just help you. Totally. Yeah, she helped me so much. She talked to me for the first six, seven months after I got saved every week prayed with me. Um, and you know, even some ex new agers, I got in touch with them. I would watch videos and, you know, I talked to them on the phone or they, they'd say like, you need to leave. This is demonic. This is a doorway to the spirit world that God wardens against. And they would help me and they wouldn't want money. And I was not used to that because I would, I spent so much money, hundreds, probably a hundred thousand dollars in twenty years, which I guess is about five thousand dollars a year. So it's not too bad, but um so she so yeah, interestingly, I had spoken with a, my therapist um about a few months before I talked to her and then I talked to this pastor at Willingdon and the same thing happened. I talked to them both about everything I was doing um, in this group. And they both said, okay, stop. I need to pray. There's something very demonic in this room. And because it happened more than once, it was, it was this other piece of evidence that I needed to say, yeah, this is demonic. And yeah, and when I left... So, yeah, so I, I was talking to this pastor. She said, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And I think I said, well, I've been going to this church and they talk about Jesus. So maybe I didn't, maybe I'm not following the right Jesus. There's a counterfeit Jesus. And so I gave my life to Jesus with her that day. Um, I said, I, I believe Jesus is the son of God. I believe he dies for my sins, rose after three days. So we can have eternal life if we believe in him. No one comes to the father except through him. And I was like, okay, yes, let's do it. Cause I was so, I was so, um, I was so convinced that what I was doing was demonic. And it wasn't until I did that, gave my life to Jesus with her that day that I, I could leave this group 
like block. I mean, I did this in the middle of a pandemic on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I blocked people. I unfriended them. I mean, this is my whole, this is my whole group of friends, 20, 20 years of my life. This is your community. That, this yeah. is my community. I mean, it is not. In some ways, it was easy because I was convicted that, you know, what I'm doing is wrong. It's so wrong. I want to follow the Jesus of the Bible. But everything else, the people, um, all the stuff in my place, because a lot of stuff happened here to do with the group, um, it, it has taken months to... I guess, to close all the doors. So the interesting thing is, you know, I've looked up, how do you close your third eye? How do you put your Kundalini to sleep? And there's nothing. Everything says, everything is, how do you open it? Open your third eye. How do you activate these things? There's nothing about how to close the doors. And I mean, I know that Satan can read my mind. I know it. You know, like when we spoke previously that night, I had these things running through my head, these things that I used to say in this group that I have not thought. And it was not me saying these things in my head. So I was like, uh, yeah, I know. I know. I know what's going on here. Mm. <laughs> it's. I think that's an important part of your story, actually, that people need to need to hear, that I need to hear, because we often, you know, we'll hear stories of people who come to Jesus and and their life is is just you know rainbows and sunshine after you know immediately sort of thing, and that does happen, but but there there is a reality to having spent twenty you know years of your life, over twenty years of your life, opening doors into these into this spiritual reality. That has its toll. It, it, it has an impact, and and coming to Jesus hasn't hasn't been easy for you. There there has been hardship and challenges uh, to doing so. It, maybe you could just share some of those with people. Yeah. So um, you know, I've said this before, but I was really brainwashed. So I I actually had a lot of physical changes when I left. I had had chronic headaches for 20 years, 25 years. And I haven't had chronic headaches since in the last year. I mean, I get headaches, but for me, that was, I remember, you know, there's this spiritual abuse. I actually heard, I don't know if you heard of Costi Hinn and Benny Hinn. Yeah. I've heard a little bit about it. So he, I, I watched an interview with him and he said this spiritual abuse is when you're intimidated and put into bondage that if you stop doing the practices or following the teaching, your life will fall, fall, fall apart. And, you know, that's what I had been told for 20 years. And so, you know, and I left and, you know, I didn't have the headaches, but I have lost, I have this bilateral shoulder issue. So I basically have lost 60 to 70% range of motion on both of my shoulders um, I had a miscarriage two months after, and I really thought that I was being punished, you know, and I ha had these 
those presences in my room. I had these these very painful uh, medical things happen. And so the previous 20 years, I had been led to believe that, you know, if I left, it's this mirroring thing again, that because I betrayed the group, then I'm going to invite the worst kind of betrayal into my life. And that's what I thought was happening. And I, you know, I called and I'd call these, you know, these leaders at the church and I'd say like, please, <laughs> please tell me this is not happening. Cause I was so brainwashed and they're like, no, Jesus loves you. He took you out of that situation. God has a plan for you, you know, and they would say these things to me over and over. And I was like, okay, it's, I just have to get through it. And then, you know, and I got better. The, the stuff that happened after the miscarriage, I got better and it wasn't, I wasn't being punished. <laughs> and, and one thing that you've talked to me about is how you then began to be freed through as as you follow Jesus. And one of the sweetest things that, that I, I love that you said, and I'd love for you to just explain to people, was when you came to Jesus, you, you had this realization that you said, I, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And that was, that freed you. Can you explain what, what you meant by that? Yeah. Cause I, you know, I, I guess what I said about my childhood and the experience of I, I've had, I didn't feel like I was enough anyway. And for me to know that I'm not enough and that I need a savior, there was, it was really freeing because it, you know, and along the way, I've learned about God's character. And if God warns his people to stay away from what I was doing, you know, I love that. I want to follow that God. Uh, Jesus warns people, you know, if you if you look at a, a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. Um. I love that. <laughs> you know, I was traumatized my whole life with men who would, you know, look at other women or watch porn. And I remember thinking like, do, am I insane to want that? And there's actually people out there that that's their, that's how they want to live, you know? And that's, to me, it was beautiful. Just, you know, God's character and Jesus's character is something that I want and I want more of and I I want that you know that's why I'm so focused on the New Testament because I want to know Jesus who he is what he did so you would say then I that you're attracted to the the, the righteousness that Jesus calls us to but it can be easy to get trapped in thinking you know because in many ways I think about your life Jennifer and I think you got you got caught in this idea of I'm not enough but trying to make yourself enough until ultimately you come to the end of the, you know, that, that project realizing I'm not enough and I can never be enough. I, I think, I guess in many ways we each have had that moment. I've, I've had that moment myself where, but you look at Jesus and you say, Jesus, you are, you are enough. Yeah. And we, and we have this moment where we, where we say, Lord, I am, I'm just going to, I'm going to give you my life to you. And the righteousness I see in your life, that's the righteousness that I 
want to follow after and I want to learn from you to be like you. And, and there's, and there's freedom in that. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Jesus even warns people about following a false Christ. I mean, how beautiful is that? I mean, it's a narrow way and there's new age everywhere. There's, you know, I have a Fitbit and there's meditation, yoga on my Fitbit. There's meditation, yoga in schools. There's, um, but these things are not innocent physical practices. They actually open the door. They're spiritual practices with a physical element. You know, it's not the other way around. It's, for example, we watch Marvel movies like Doctor Strange or those sorts of things, right? And and it, it's easy to be entertained by these ideas. And to forget, though, that there's actually a spiritual reality that's taking place. Oh, now. yeah. That's a good example. Dr. Strange is that's making a lot of this new age practices commercialized and making it normal to want to do these. I don't remember what happened in that movie, but, you know, even I was joking with my husband because I'm vegan keto and I eat these bars and it says hungry Buddha. <laughs> And I like, I won't eat them because they're vegan and keto. Um, and I was like, why does it have to be Buddha? Like, why? <laughs> and there's these drinks that say thirsty Buddha. Like, why does it have, why, why can't it be like hungry Jesus? <laughs> you know, probably make a really bad joke now, but. Um, Thir- thirsty Jesus. <laughs> probably thirstier, right? <laughs> He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. And the world right now is in becoming more and more increasingly new age. It's everywhere. And I see it everywhere. And I have, I definitely have a detector. <laughs> <laughs> you do, but that's what I appreciate about you, Jennifer, because I, I think people like myself and, and those listening, we need to be reminded of that because it's that frog in the kettle. It's easy for us to just be going along in our lives and not realizing that we're being surrounded more and more by this type of thinking and to be to be reminded hey you know this this actually isn't good and there yeah. are demonic forces at work and you need to be you need to be careful as as we come in for a landing here i wanted to ask you just uh with regards to jesus there were some things that you said that i think people might find interesting as you became a christian and one of those is, is that you told me that Jesus taking away your sin was not a leap of logic for you. Yeah, so that's the weird thing um, about the, the group I was in. Um, so, you know, there's there are these gurus and shamans that do perform miracles and signs and wonders. And there were, you know, there were certain biblical elements incorporated into the group I was in, like the number 12, like washing of the feet, taking someone's sins for the betterment of humanity. So, you know, I had experienced all these things, but it was a person doing it. It wasn't the son of God. (laughs) So does that mean you could actually pay somebody and they would, they would take on some brokenness in your life? Yep. Wow. And I guess that's part of the, again, part of the trap, part of the cost in following. Yeah, there was that. That's why it's so expensive. Um, But at the same time, I mean, 
looking back, I said, well, why did I still have headaches? You know, for 20 years, why did I, why did I have headaches? Why did I have still have, why was I so such low self-esteem? Isn't it interesting how Satan masquerades as light and yep. takes the things that are actually true. There is truth that there is someone that can take your sin for, from you, but twist that. And instead of it freeing you, it costs you and it entraps you and it ensnares you. And and it's just one of those moments when I was talking with you, I was just, I was just got kind of got this clear picture of Jesus in a way that I hadn't seen before going, oh yeah, that's right. Jesus doesn't, I, I didn't have to pay Jesus to take my sin, that Jesus loves me and he took my sin free of, free of charge, you know, and that it, and it cost him his life. Yeah. And the, I mean, the channeling, I mean, Edgar Casey is the, probably the most similar to what I was involved in. So he channeled all these, this information and my concern is, where are you getting this message? I mean, who has been around forever? Satan, he can, he can give you what you want. He can um, read people's minds. He can give the illusion of talking to your dead grandmother because he was also there when she was alive. It doesn't mean you're talking to your dead grandmother. It means that there's this timeless entity that if you access that realm, you know, it's, it's, it's just dangerous. And I, the, so these things, these messages that I was part of receiving was channeling. And I never thought to ask, where are you getting these messages? Hmm. You know, and I, and I've spent so much time in the last year, like reading um, reading the Bible, but also deconstructing, you know, what is, where do psychic messages come from? Where does channeling come from? Where does, how are all these healing events possible? Um, because it is, you know, Satan masquerades as an angel of light and his servants, um, servants of righteousness. And I was like, I'm a, I felt like a servant of of righteousness. Just want to highlight this for people, just so that they clearly understand what you're saying here, because this this is the part that's so deceptive. Is people who get into this new age experiences, they actually experience things like like yourself. Oh yeah. Where there's information somebody knows that they shouldn't know that, or there's things that happen that are miraculous at some level, but it's being used to ensnare and entrap. And it just, it reminds me of Jesus where he says, when the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. It is not, you know, this, this is where you see this demonic level happening where it's this half truth that brings you into slavery, whereas Jesus is this full truth that leads you into freedom. Yeah. I mean, there is a reason that Jesus does warn people not to do these things because it's real you know if it wasn't real he would just say okay just go play have fun you know but it's dangerous <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so dangerous and it's you know one of the most common things um from new agers when they leave to follow jesus 
the spirits who were once happy and, you know, like, I'll give you these things, they attack. This is a common thing that happens. Um, but if it's all love and light and, you know, we're all part of all, why would you be angry? Why would you be angry if now I'm choosing to follow Jesus? If Jesus is an ascended master, that doesn't make sense. You know, if, if we're all part of all and I choose to follow Jesus, you should be happy for me. But you're, but these spirits are angry. And let me just explain what you just said there. Cause I think some people might be confused, but in, in new age thinking, they actually venerate Jesus. They, they see him as an ascended master. Uh, why is this? I think this is really interesting uh, if you, as you've explained this to me in the past. Yeah. So I think because Jesus is, there's no denying that he existed and he's his, what he did in the world is so powerful and monumental that new agers have to incorporate him somehow. And so usually what they'll say is we'll put him in this box of he's a, he's an enlightened being like Hindu, Buddha, Krishna. Um, so he's over in this box. So you still are acknowledging his influence, but you're not actually saying he is. No one comes to the father except through him. You're saying he's one of many. And there's actually someone that's complicated, but there's actually someone more powerful than Jesus in the new age. Well, I find that so interesting, right? That they want to venerate him and say, oh, he's just a ascended master and Jesus is, is good and everything, but don't go follow him. Mm-hmm. It's basically what you're saying. That's the irony. Like, if, I, if I'm going to go follow this ascended master, why is it that I'm experiencing so much affliction? And I, I mean, a lot of people who have sleep paralysis or they have um, alleged UFO abductions, that's a whole other thing but <laughs> i'm not saying i believe in aliens i'm just saying I, i'm saying i'm saying i believe in the paranormal so these people experience and this is documented that if you say jesus please save me whatever is happening will go like why don't they say buddha help me why don't they say krishna you know it's jesus jesus is the savior from all these demonic things this is something for me as a Christian, I'm not, when I, it, for me, it's actually evidence of why I should follow Jesus is because it's like, if, why is Jesus the, you know, often he's the bad guy. Don't, don't follow Jesus. You can follow Buddha, Krishna, whoever. We're not going to, we're not going to be upset about that, but not, not this Jesus and the, the spiritual affliction that comes from following Jesus and the oppression and even in just our secular society you know, it's it's like anything but Jesus sort of idea. Exactly. To, <laughs> to yeah. me, that goes, okay, so it's Jesus that I, that I need to be following. <laughs> totally. Because that's the one you don't want me to follow. Anything um, but Jesus or <laughs> Christ consciousness is okay. Because then you're, right. because then I'm Christ, you know. As long as it's a counterfeit Jesus, that's, <laughs> that's fine. Please. But you're right. You're right. Because ultimately, what is that? It's basically you're just going to take the place of Jesus with that, you know, Christ consciousness. But let's let's end with a, on a very practical note that I and this is this is probably the hardest question to to answer. 
but I want to ask you because I'm sure that there's people that are listening that have friends, family that have been entrapped in this, or maybe somebody's even being wooed by this. Yeah. What advice would you give to somebody who's trying to help a loved one that that's in the midst of this? Okay. I'm so happy you asked that because I have the best quote for you. <laughs> who's it from? It's from the Church of Satan. Okay. So check this out. Okay. In the scores of books lining the shelves of New Age bookstores, there are instructions for guided meditation, creative visualization, out-of-body experiences, getting in touch with your spirit guides, fortune-telling by cards, crystal balls, or the stars. What if Satanists reclaimed these for their own dark purposes and integrated them into rituals dedicated to the devil where they rightfully belong? New Agers have freely drawn upon all manner of satanic material, adapting it to their own hypocritical purposes. But in truth, all New Age labeling is, again, trying to play the devil's game without using his infernal name. Wow. So that that is coming from the Church of Satan. That's, uh, it's somebody writing about Anton LaVey, who's the founder of the Church of Satan. Um, I, I would never read anything (laughs) the satanic bible or anything like that um so to me that says look into the origins you know even the church of satan wants to reclaim these practices back because they were for worshiping the devil i see what you're saying if you look into the origins of new age what you're going to find is it's going to lead back to demonic sources totally I mean, if the Church of Satan wants their New Age practices back, you should be concerned. You should be concerned. <laughs> now, now I think, though, about your own situation, though, and if somebody would have come a- along to you and said, hey, what you're, what you're doing is demonic, that clearly wouldn't have, have worked. That would have just probably made you upset. That's a good point. Um, so for me, it was reading the Bible, and it took probably about a year and a half of reading for there to be some kind of breakthrough for me to actually understand it. And I'm, you know, I'm happy that it happened. I'm happy that I was saved from reading the Bible. And then with the pastor, um, the female pastor, because if, if I had a vision or something like that, some people do have that. And I'm glad I didn't because it would just be kind of more of what I was already doing. And, you know, I was reading, as you said, second Corinthians 11, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And that's all it took. And it was hard for me to say Jesus, say the word Jesus at first. I didn't want to read the Bible, you know, a couple years ago, because I thought, oh, no, this is like Shakespeare. It's so hard to read. <laughs> I need like the, <laughs> the guy. I need the guide. I need the Coles Notes version. Well, one of the things that I'm hearing from you and is that, first of all, be realistic. Things take time. I think of, you know, praying for people and realizing you might you might be praying for them for for years. Even your own story and encouraging somebody to to read the Bible. I think one thing that's interesting about what you're saying that's so interesting to me is you're saying it wasn't spiritual stuff that 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 led you to Jesus because I think for some people they want that miraculous. You're like, I actually didn't want that miraculous. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted, uh, you know, you you really, I think that's why apologetics was so important to you. you. You were looking for truth. Like, 
what what is what is the truth and and who is Jesus that's what I want to put my trust in mm-hmm. yeah I'm a very practical person um and I think a lot of people do get seduced into wanting the experience these like you know repetitive music that a lot of Christian people listen to or they just want that kundalini awakening or you know convulsing on the floor you know that's that's the holy spirit that's what they think and but you but you got to be careful yeah i mean i i want to be careful i mean i need to be careful i mean jennifer listen i could tell you so many stories (laughs) uh, from what i've experienced i mean i won't go too far down this rabbit trail but i i've seen that i've seen whole churches get swept up into this spiritual practice that leads them away from Jesus. And and it's absolutely broken my heart. I Again, we're not saying that every spiritual thing will lead you away from Jesus and, and that um, somebody who's charismatic is bad. We're not saying that. Yeah. But we are saying you do need to be careful because I've seen, I've seen what happens. And, and you, I think, are you're just a very powerful testament to saying, hey, listen, spiritual world is not something you just mess around with. Yeah, it's not. I think it's, I think I said this earlier, but it's really, if you just say, you know, if you're out there, higher power, show me that you're real. I think that's probably the one of the most dangerous things people can do because something will show you that it's real. But unless you're born again and declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you could be in a new age call for 20 years like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jennifer, I could I could honestly I could I could talk to you for hours about your experience and you and I have had um just incredible conversations on you know hearing from your story and what God's doing in your life. I I am so thankful uh, for you. I, I'm thankful for what the Lord's doing in your life and your willingness to share that with other people. I know that you were nervous today to share this. This is the first time you've really shared openly yeah. your story. Uh, and people can be praying for you because, again, it's not it's not easy. There's challenges. Uh, but uh, you actually are going to be getting baptized pretty soon here. Uh which is very exciting. So we want to be in prayer for you about that. But is there anything else that people could be in prayer for you about as as you continue to follow Jesus? And 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 I'll tell you right now, I'm going to continue to pray that you have the courage to keep sharing uh, your story. Uh, but what are some what are ways people can pray for you? Yeah, thank you. Um, to close the doors that I opened, the spiritual doors. The only way I know how to do it is reading the Bible, and I really think that's enough. And also pray that I can love the Lord as he wants me to love him. I'm, I'm a baby in Christ. I'm, I'm very new. Well, and I think one other thing we could pray for you about is your shoulder. You got some, I know your shoulders have been hurting, but you told me you have surgery coming up. Yeah. So it's in two days. And, you know, this is another piece of thing, uh, evidence for me, because after we spoke, we had a little touch base a couple of weeks ago. The next day I got a call from the surgeon saying, well, you're, you're on the list. I know the doctor. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know the doctor. And then, so I called and I said, you know, I'm in so much pain. Can I, can you, like, I know the guy. Can I just text him? 
<laughs> and they were like, oh, look at that. We have an opening Thursday, September 23rd. And wonderful. this may sound really silly, but to me, that kind of thing, I had been convinced that was only possible in the new age. Like you manifest it, you picture this shoulder surgery happening, get other people to picture it happening. And it may, it may sound really silly and maybe it's still me brainwashed into new age thinking, but to me, that's okay. You know, these medical things can still be healed <laughs> without this guru intervention. I, maybe that's another thing people can pray for is to, I'm still really brainwashed. I'm not nearly as much as I was a year ago, but there's, you know, my decision to follow Jesus was instant but on brainwashing all the mental stuff has taken time. And I, and I think that that's just reality. We often think, Oh, you know, this, you, you know, you just changed immediately. And, and that's just not the way it is from friends of mine who've come to Jesus from addiction. It's, you know, it's challenging, but it's freeing. Right. And those who, who have come from various abuse. Again, it's challenging, but it's freeing. And the same with you. I think it's fitting if we end our podcast today in prayer. Jennifer, I just just love to pray um, over you and for you as we close. Jesus, thank you for Jennifer. God, I pray your richest blessings in her life. Lord, you know how to close doors. You know how to close doors into those realms that we shouldn't go. And God, I just pray your power in the name of Jesus, that you would be closing those doors. And we understand that it takes time, but Lord, we pray that that would happen as quickly as possible as she follows after you. And Lord, I ask that in your power, as you lead her, that you would open doors, doors into righteousness, doors into flourishing, doors into love, doors into forgiveness, doors into freedom, Jesus. So we pray all of these things in your name, knowing that you are good. And we thank you, God, that you have provided this surgery opportunity for for Jennifer. And we pray your blessings over that surgery, that that it would go well, and that that her shoulders uh, would be healed, we pray. And your power to your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jennifer, thank you for joining us on the AC Podcast. Thank you for having me. It was great having you. Listeners, thank you for joining us, and we will be back next week with more things to think about.